Hello, I am your host, Rob Hirschfeld, CEO and co-founder of RackN, and welcome to another The 2030.Cloud podcast. Uh, This is a snippet from our DevOps lunch on January 19th, where we talked about image-based deployments and how that process works. Uh, Talked about a lot of challenges and things like that, about what people are trying to make happen, Um, why it's important, what the challenges are. I think you'll find it really interesting. It's just the snippet of that topic. So enjoy that um, if if that's of interest. If not, fast forward to the next episode. We have plenty more. Uh, Enjoy the image-based deployment conversation. We just have a similar conversation, I think, recently. Um, This image build thing keeps coming Mm -hmm. up more and more. Oh, um, yeah. Over the last couple of weeks, Josh, I see you shaking your head. Are you hearing the same thing? Brother, I've been hearing the same conversation for twenty years. years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know exactly. that's exactly. I mean, yeah, I, it's 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 the it's the same it's the same desire, yep. and the only thing changes is the complexity of the environments that people want that <laughs> desired outcome. <laughs> Meaning yeah. they're going up. And it's not hard. That's the well, thing. You just need a process. It is. Uh, I wait. It well, is hard. No, no. What's what's hard? The, are we talking servers or endpoints? Uh, <laughs> yes. <right>? Yeah. <laughs> doesn't it doesn't matter? I mean the the you know the the key thing that I've seen is that uh, or, or I guess the the biggest barrier that people run into isn't a technical one usually. Yes. It's, it's you have to acknowledge that you might not be able to ever get a hundred percent depending on the dependencies that you have or the requirements of whatever you need included in that image. And if you start with that and you accept that, then you're already off to a great start to be successful. Um, The number of times I've seen people say, Hey, well, we need to be able to provision this image against this, whatever the platform, whatever it is. And it needs to be exactly the same every single time and have every single thing that the person needs. I'm like, okay, maybe yes, you should start a little bit smaller first. Yes. <laughs> because yeah. if if you could at least start with everybody getting the same operating system with the same installed dependencies and those things yep. are the same, that already gets you really, really far. And then yeah. see Josh, Josh when you say that. When you say that, all I go is, as a person who's led organizations, I sit in my head goes, hmm, sounds like we've allowed technology for technology's sake run the way we should do business and how we should have consistency of, I, I think of enterprise architecture, have a consistent per department or per instance, have consistent desktop images based on job duty and tasks. That's the step in that right direction, I think. I'm just saying. Well, yeah, I but think, then you have everybody adding their stuff and then yeah, that's the problem. Somebody yeah. else, it's, yeah, it's, that's the problem. Calling a different version of the same thing, and yeah. it's it's yeah. the Comanche issue, right? <laughs> familiar with with the Comanche, right? One of the most amazing helicopters ever developed, and then as as they were getting the development going people kept adding requirements to it and expectations to it that required design changes, which changed performance characteristics to the point that they took something that was stable and capable and they, they, 
they applied requirements to get it to do things it wasn't ever built to do because they wanted to attach that capability to that product. We fall into that same fallacy with the technologies we adopt today. Uh, Kubernetes. To the Bradley, the Bradley <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and, and this goes to the thing that, you know, just recent conversations talking about images. And Rob, I know we're completely, you know, we, I, I feel like we need to have a whole session on this topic. Um, because, but, oh, yeah. but the, going back to the idea of, you know, the success of images is keep it simple, keep them as bare bones as possible. Don't build all these image types. Like, you know, I just went through a couple of years of trying to, trying to shape people's kind of methodology of thinking, oh, I need to have an image for a web server. I need to have an image for a database server. I need to have an image mm -hmm. for this. I need to, versus I need one image that's stable. And then I bolt on what is required using Ansible or whatever your config management is by saying it needs to look like this and apply it to that base image. Yeah. And then so roll much. forward. The, the thing is we're, we're talking image image and the real reality is it's about process, right? It's process. Yes. Um, yep. I mean, if you can't whiteboard it or if you can't describe yes. it succinctly, you can't image it. Exactly. And I have a there, there's also the difference. Go ahead. Go ahead. There, there's also the difference between managing images ten years ago where a golden image was still practical versus now where you got updates potentially every day. Yep. Potentially every hour. Yeah. Potentially, yeah. And that's the yeah. other thing is, you know, the the you know, we did all of our image builds and in, in pipelines. So they were on a cadence of where new images were stamped out. And then you have that process. For, so for VMware people, um, being able to inject an image into vCenter and then have it tagged as latest and have an incremental rollback process as well. That way, if I inject an issue, I can easily go back. And I have yeah. artifacts along the way that dictate on what that build was. So if Rob deploys a web server and has issues, and we know what that artifact is, we can go back and look at the build and understand why did that, what what was it that caused that issue? Um, but what being changed? able to have that, came, exactly, what changed? What changed? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Nothing changed, yeah. Josh, you know that. <laughs> but at least it's in code and pipelines, you know, and everybody can say, hey, what is being done? And then you Nothing add Nothing changed, it's the network. Exactly, exactly. And yeah, now we're exactly. going full circle as, as well, like with with container images, which yes. <laughs> we're, we're, we're taking that we're taking the, the OS golden images that, that we used to have and we're praying it down to just what we need to run the stuff. Yep. Exactly. And yeah. In, in, interesting, yeah, it was containers were better designed from that perspective to to in, embrace that process, but it is very similar from a post config and boot process, things like that. One of the things I was noting is that um, Ubuntu 2004 actually eliminated it eliminated netboot. Yes, like it did. To slim things down, they decided that they wouldn't do preseed anymore, and you yeah. can't netboot it. You have to image deploy it. Yep. Um, and and it's a pain. That. Even going through Packer, I know that there's a lot of open issues um, from Packer, and it's interesting you brought that up, Rob. Is that this has been going on for months from a Packer perspective, um, getting a consistent deployment on Ubuntu 2004. Now I've gone through and for whatever reason, it works for me. I don't know why I've tried in different environments and everything. I've been successful getting 2004 deployed to V to V center using Packer Proxmox. Mm -hmm. 
um, KVM, which obviously Proxmox is KVM for the most part. Um, yeah. Vagrant, you know, different different VirtualBox, VMware, Workstation, Fusion. I'm successful along the way. Um, others are getting stuck with Packer, and I don't understand why. Um, but I've tried on different machines. I've tried on Linux. I've tried on Mac, and I've got consistent results. So oh, I have two questions for you, Larry. Uh-huh. One is, you've got um, the repo out there, oh, yeah, um, yeah. but but there are a lot of Larry Smiths out there. How do we oh, know no. which one is yours? The original Larry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I worked for a guy named Larry Smith yeah, back exactly. in 1990 <clears throat> doing object-oriented databases. <laughs> that was me too. <laughs> <laughs> Same location. Uh, I used yeah. It was junior. Junior. Okay. So, and mine is Mr. Ellie Smith Jr. I use that on everything. So I'm the original. I'm the OG. <laughs> okay. And then I can't remember what the other one was, but it was about oh, it was if Ubuntu is now fucked up. Pardon my French. <laughs> what would be the recommended Linux? to run on a laptop that's going to have pretty much everything running out of VMs oh. and or containers. They're all, they're yeah. all. Ubuntu's fine. Wait, yeah, uh, Ubuntu 2004 is fine for a laptop. That's what I, I use. And it's, it's perfectly legit, stable. It works. It's well-supported. But this is and it actually works really actually well. Acting as a it, server to remote storage and other things like that. I, but from a desktop perspective, it's fine. The the thing that we're complaining about is the pre-seed. The pre-seed is gone. So mm-hmm. if like for us, we can install. Right, yeah. We, we install so as everything. an individual, it, it but as you, an individual, it doesn't matter at all. Your USB you key install, whatever. Yeah. No. What they what they did was they they're they're all clouds. So they eliminated the um, users cloud admit now. Uses cloud yeah, and uses cloud and knit and curtain. Yeah. Wow. Which we use we use curtain also, which is yeah. a I, I you could get my team and a cup of coffee and hear a hour worth of ranting about curtain. Um, <laughs> and I still want to hear that. Used to be uh, yeah, and actually we need I need to bring them in and and, yeah. and have that conversation because you know when it, we, we're doing image deploy stuff and like over the holidays we got ESX depl- image deploy working. Um, which is a huge leap forward in how normally you install VMware, but um, yeah, but curtain and curtains, it trips people up from building an image perspective. Um, yeah, one of the interesting things I saw- Arch we've done. Yeah, Arch, I've done some Arch stuff what, as well. Arch. Wasn't there a thing with Ubuntu, like selling your data to Amazon a couple years ago? Uh, it wasn't selling data, that what they did was they had uh, in their, uh, I think what they call lens, basically their, yeah. their search, they had, uh, mm-hmm. that Amazon search, uh, automatically enabled. Mm-hmm. So your searches on the desktop went to Amazon. Um, they had big backlash for that, uh, justified backlash and they removed it. And I once tried installing Arch Linux. I thought, you know, it'd be just a good minimal Linux distribution. And I got into the <laughs> installer and it's like, partition your drive. Yes. And I'm like, okay, I know how to partition a drive. 
I mean, seriously, I've been doing this for 20 years. But no, I'm not going to right now partition my laptop to install Linux. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I'll share another. I'll share another link with yeah. you guys. Um, some Packer stuff. Yeah, this stuff's fun. I mean, it's fun when you have nothing else to do, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'll take this any day over Windows. Put it that way. I mean, you and I do the Windows job, thing. But yeah, I did it in Windows. <laughs> yeah, and I and I have too, and it's painful as hell. You know, all the different iterations of auto unattend and all the other crap, and it's like, oh. <laughs> I mean, even back as a matter of fact, I had a conversation. Josh, you'll appreciate this. Um, is it Riz Remote Installation Services or something like that? It used to be back in the day. Remember WinPE and all the we're going way back, way back, way back. All of the 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 process around building those images. Um, we had a conversation just recently where the the company actually still uses that as a build process um i was like wow you're shaking your head like i did i'm like why there are much much more efficient ways of doing this today so it's it's interesting we actually came up we don't do windows through netboot at all mm -hmm. the only the only way we support windows installs is through an image deploy okay um because the netboot process and the licensing are so painful to get together what would happen is people would would have to go through multiple boot cycles and it was just like we could do it it just was so painful we just said we don't support that if you want to do image windows deploys install windows i mean that's basically where we are with ubuntu now with 2004 and it's where you know the fact is image deploy is a is a better process period mm -hmm. um it's just as fast it's faster, faster, it, way faster. Yeah, I mean, I've, I mean, I've done, you know, for years, just the whole Pixie TFTP built boot stuff, and I've written about it, you know, years ago on doing it for a VMware perspective, and nine times out of ten, it was usually faster over the wire, doing real time inline Pixie boot build. Go ahead, Josh. This isn't new, right? Exactly. Go UCS. That's what yeah. it does. Yeah. And and it's fantastic. We actually had a point where. Um, at solid fire we had deployed with the idea and we had actually customers doing this to where they would take solid fire nodes um, from a cluster and they could switch it from being a solid fire node in a cluster to pixie boot it to use it for compute only and yep. data sit frozen and based on changes in capacity requirements they could nix it as a solid fire node automatically bring it back online as a as a uh, as a compute node for their compute cluster um we didn't really encourage this but at the same time it's like they're not changing the system they're just booting to a remote image running it and then killing it and then booting it back up and letting the system load you know reestablish the, the the data integrity so I mean, it's the interesting thing that people chose to do. Um, but I, I wish I'd have known about that. I could have put some use to that solid fire, solid fires we had in, in production at one point. I mean, it was really strange. Years ago. To do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember having solid fire. I think, Josh, I think you and I got connected. Well, maybe before that, but um, you were at solid fire, I think. Um, this would have been 2014, 2015, I think, yeah. when we got solid fire in. 
and used it. So a lot of fun. Good old days. That's right. 